Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to the Total Car Score podcast, bringing you the world of cars from inside the car. And now your hosts, Carl Brower, Lauren Fix, and Javier Mota. We're finally, we're together on the computer, but together, Lauren and Carl, finally talking to you. It's been uh, a few months now, I think. How are you, Lauren? I'm great. Yeah, we've all been traveling, and last week, you I couldn't get a hold of either one of you. Carl was out driving, I don't know, Lamborghinis or something, and <laughs> Javier, I don't know where the heck you were. You were someplace. Everyone was busy, so I said, all right, I'll do it. <laughs> I know, it's been busy. How, where were you, Carl? Uh, I was in Ingolstadt, outside of Munich, for an Audi oh, trip. So Fabulous. And they got to see some really cool future Audis that I'm not allowed to talk about, and then also... <sighs> Um, a bunch of historic Audis because they took us to essentially the Audi tradition is their name for it, but it's essentially their storage facility for all their classic cars that go everywhere from, you know, the like Le Mans winning stuff from like the last 10 or 12 years to, you know, 1920s Audis when it was auto union with the four brands all stuck to, stuck together under one roof and all. So it yeah. was really cool. Got to it's, see it. It's awesome there. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, the whole area is fabulous. We, I was there when I picked up my uh, Audi for European delivery. Oh, nice. It was a yeah, great and I was there during the World Cup in 2006, a long time ago already, now that I think about it. <laughs> oh, geez. You know I what? That doesn't seem mu- that long ago. <laughs> I know. I visited the museum and all that. Yeah. And, and yeah, it's a really cool place. So I guess some electric cars you saw, Carl, or you can even say that. No, I can't even talk about anything yet. I mean, okay. like, I need to actually reach out to them and confirm what I am and am not allowed to say, because at some point I do want to put a story together for them. They took me all the way to Ingolstadt, but they kind of were like, oh, this isn't about a report for the most part. This is just to get you guys to see these, you know, future vehicles and know what we're doing. And it was, it was impressive. Okay. But, I'm going to say, you know, I, I wasn't on the trip, so I'm going to say they're electric <laughs> because you're really rolling, you're really you're rolling the right. dice. You're going to go out on a yeah. limb there, uh, Javier. so anyway um since uh, we've been driving different cars and all that we are not gonna do that in this segment but uh let's talk about prices so carl you at uh icy carl's analyze all these things every week every day i guess so the monthly payment car payment has gone over seven hundred dollars that's crazy yeah yeah the average um used car price now is like thirty four thirty five thousand dollars for a used car 
Um, and then new cars are like 10,000 more. So they're around $44,000. And, um, you know, it's that whole thing. Everyone always talks about year over year, but we always have to know, especially when you're an analyst, you know, when you get around to the 12 months when things went nuts, your year over year is not as impressive anymore because it was already crazy a year earlier. So you have to think along those, you always have to think in those terms. So in spite of all that, prices still went up about 17% for used cars uh, in May. Uh, we haven't got June numbers quite yet. But we, we know they went up 17% in May, about $5,000. Um, but that was down from 23% in April and like 30% in, in March. So see, we're starting to s- slowly stabilize, but we're stabilizing at a much higher level than we were 18 months ago when used cars were like really about 10,000 cheaper. So both, both used and new cars, if you just want to figure, they're old, both up about 10 grand since the, before the pandemic. Uh, so instead of around mid twenties, they're mid thirties for used instead of mid thirties, they're mid forties for new. That's a huge bump in price in a very oh, yeah. short time. That's a big jump for the average person. Yes. So I have a question that I want you guys to ponder. So we were thinking about uh, used cars. It looks like we're going to have a shortage of used cars for next year because three years ago was 2020 COVID hit. A lot of people didn't buy cars. They didn't turn in their cars. It kind of stagnated. And then things turned around and people started buying what they could get, but they're not turning in their cars because there's nothing else out there. So it looks like the number one place for used cars is lease trade-ins, but they're not going to be that many of them. I know a lot of people buying off of lease. Do you think there's going to be a shortage of used cars in 23? I think I think there will. And, uh, and that's the really kind of unfortunate thing, right, is that for a while we all want to tell ourselves and tell all of our listeners that it's like, well, you know, hold out for you know, just you picked a number six months, 12 months, you know, somewhere between six and 12 months, things should get normal and all. And, and of course, nobody knows what's going on. Six months ago, it was pre, you know, Ukraine, Russia conflict, and nobody had any idea of what was going to happen by July of uh, 2022, based on what was going on in, in March, you know, in January, or even early February 22. So now everything's different because of the conflict, it's making everything take even longer, all the problems that we had before the conflict are worse in terms of supply chain issues and the cost of natural resources like lithium and palladium and, and nickel and neon, the you know, neon element, which goes into um, microchips. So it's all more expensive and harder to get than it was six months ago because of the conflict. So where are we going to be in six to 12 months? Anyone who says they know is lying <laughs> to you. Um, no one knows. No one knows. That's the whole thing. And so what this means is if you're thinking of buying a car is you just got to decide for yourself. Can I, uh, go an indefinite amount of time, not six months or 12 months, but who knows how long in the current car, or do I have to get something now because the car is about to, you know, lose the engines just rapidly dying and all, or I just got hit. And I mean, it was in an accident and the car's totaled and I have to buy. So unless it's, you know, one of those circumstances, you should probably try to keep your car uh, indefinitely and even invest in it if it's a used car and it needs some work. But if you have to get a new car, you have to get a new car or new to you if it's a new used car Mm -hmm. uh, for you. Um, But, yeah, it's expensive right now. (laughs) uh, It's crazy. Going back to the used cars, because of all these problems, the average age of a used car has increased a year. It used to be 11. Now it's around 12 years. And that's creating other problems because uh, with the shortages and all that. I read uh, some uh, posting on uh, social media that someone took a car 
to a Kia dealership and they told him, uh, you have to leave it here for three weeks until we see if we can get the parts to fix them. So, right. Like it's problems all over the place. Well, it's all supply chain. The supply chain is broken. And that's what I think people need to really realize. It's not like you're just going to go to the store and go, oh, well, they always make that part. This is where salvage yards are making money. Think about it. I need a bumper cover. Can't get it. We tried ordering it. We're waiting. You want to get your car back. It was in a, you know, a little fender bender. What do you do? You find a salvage yard that's got one in perfect condition. And these guys are now raising their prices too. supply demand. Basic economics 101. So, Carl, going back to the analyzing you do on IC cars, is there any deals coming up or what can people look for something special? Like it used to be like we just went through the 4th of July holiday weekend and there used to be that there were deals around them, but I don't, I guess there's mm-hmm. none, right? No, I mean, we just had a study where we looked at the smallest price changes, top 10 used cars with the smallest price changes. And, you know, you're not going to be too surprised, you know, the the Chevy Camaro's number one, you know, you got the Nissan Armada on there, the Nissan Titan XD. Most of these aren't what most people would consider highly desirable cars. The, the um, Ford F-150 actually, believe it or not, had the smallest price change, but there's a that's a little bit of a misnomer because those were the first things that shot up. Trucks, pickup trucks, were the first things that went through the roof as we were coming out of the pandemic. And then those were followed by coupes and convertibles. And I always joked, I said, it's because you have a bunch of the, like, you know, people get nervous and think post-apocalyptic and they want their big truck because that's what you want in a post-apocalyptic world. So everyone ran and bought right. trucks. get your stuff and go. Right. Yeah. And then there was the people who were like, well, I'm locked down. I can't go to the movies. I can't go to get dinner. I can't go on vacation. All I can do that they still haven't stopped us quite yet from doing is driving. So if I'm going to drive and that's like all that's left, I want to have fun while I drive. So Camaros and Challengers and Mustangs and higher end sports cars and all shot up too. So trucks and sports cars went up the first two opposite ends of the, of the spectrum in terms of car functionality. Um, So not surprisingly, what are a lot of the vehicles on the price with on the smallest price changes. There's the Camaro, there's the Mustang, there's the Silverado, there's the F-150, there's the Titan and the Titan XD. So, uh, you know, trucks and convertibles and there's the Ridgeline and the, and the uh, Tundra. So trucks and convertibles went up the most initially. So now they're going up the least, but that doesn't mean they aren't way more expensive. It just means compared to a year ago, after they'd already shot up, they haven't gone up that much more. And in the right. case of the F-150, that includes the Lightning, the electric one? No, that wouldn't be on here yet because this is used car prices and there are no oh, okay. there's no stats on the used at Lightning because there's barely any new Lightnings and all, which, by the way... Yeah, good luck getting one of those. Yeah. You can't get one. Did you see that? That uh, the Lightnings can be leased only? Yeah. And they take them back after lease. You cannot buy it off the lease. Now, that I find very interesting. Yeah. Uh, there's one in my driveway right now, a press one that goes back in a couple days, but uh, don't sell it. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> should, should advertise. Yeah, don't it. sell it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, it don't happen to your journalist car. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure. Yeah. So, other interesting uh, fact of all these uh, problems that are happening. Um, I was at the Cadillac Lyric Drive uh, a couple of weeks ago, and uh, they have already closed the reservations for 23 model. So if you want to order one, you can only order a 24. So, I mean, there's like huge problems coming out down the pipe. And I guess GM, since they're launching so many electric cars, 
I mean, the announcements look good, but if you can deliver cars, that, that can be a, a problem for the consumers, right? They're going to get desperate for it. Well, I just saw a report um, from another uh, media outlet out there. I'm not going to give them any plugs, but that they had done a mm. calculation. And what was it? It was going to take like 70, oh, yeah. 75 years. Uh, no, 17. 17. 17 years. 17 years. I saw that. To I get, saw to that. Get, to get, uh, if you're, if you're like toward the bottom of the wait list, the current wait list right now for, a, for the GMC Hummer uh, truck, it's a 17-year time frame to get your car. Now, it probably won't be 17 years, although, again, anyone who knows what the future holds for us right now or claims to is lying to you. But at yeah. the current rate, they're making these vehicles, which is hardly any because of supply chain issues, as we're talking about. The current production rate for GMC Hummer uh, trucks would mean that the people toward the bottom of the current wait list, and they've stopped taking orders too for those, but if you're toward the bottom of that wait list, it's 17 years before you get your car. Wow. So uh, now it'll probably get better, and that's what GM's response was when they asked. It's like, is it really going to be 17 years for the people on the wait list at the, toward the bottom? And they're like, no, no, it'll get faster. We just have to get some supply chain things fixed. But Yeah, everybody's in that same exact boat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's, 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 a, it's a big mess, and, and it's funny. I hadn't thought about what you were saying about the off-lease things. Lauren, but I mean, you know, it makes me, and it's funny because we're good. Like literally my family, between all the things we've got, we've got, uh, God, I have to stop and think one, two, we have five cars and there's only four of us in the family. So we're okay, okay. with cars right now, but there's part of me that's like, man, I should go buy something right now. A, if I need it, if I think I remotely need something and B, I'll just sell it in another year because I'll probably be even more expensive in a year. If these off lease vehicles are going to be at such a shortage in another year because of how bad 2020 was, then by 2023, mm -hmm. there'll just be less vehicles on the used market and new vehicles that'll exactly. be scrambling over. You know, that's so kind of what I the, keep thinking. So going back to the original question, if, if this is a good time to buy a car, I guess it's the answer is going to be, it depends, right? Because right. there's no one good answer for everybody. Well, it's a good time to buy. If you think you have to buy at all in the next like year or two, it's probably just mm -hmm. as well to buy now than it is in another six or 12 months because it's probably going to be as bad or worse than it is right now. If you can hold out for at least two years, and that's just pure speculation on my part and everyone else's part, whether they admit it or not. Mm -hmm. uh, but if you can right. hold out for two plus years, probably things will be better. I mean, you know, without getting into too much stuff that might get us all in trouble, at some point, there should be some major changes to some of the larger elements that affect all of our lives as Americans. And I would argue that those changes could only go good, not bad, given where we are right now. But that's my thinking. So 2024, you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we're going to hold you to that. No, I mean, I'm just no, but that, that, that's kind of what, you know, what I'm thinking too. And um, we've had dinner with a lot of different CEOs, all of us. And I kind of, when I get the opportunity to sit, to sit next to them or talk to them, first thing I kind of ask them is, so, you know, like, what's your thoughts on, uh, you know, when we're going to get through this chip or supply chain shortage? It's not just chips. It's, it's wearing harnesses. It's it's a lot of things. And pretty much the consensus, and it is a consensus, is we're looking at 2024 before we can get in front of this. And again, it's, it's there's so many factors and people need to understand that, that when these type of things happen, it's unexpected, but the key is that they once they get through it, that it never goes back that way again. That I don't know, but if they bring their supply chain back to the U.S., it's the smartest thing they can do. Yes. 
So you're saying that the average monthly payment won't go below 700 again? Uh, I don't know about that. I, you know, the problem <laughs> is, I think we all know when, you know, when it was, you could get a car for $199 a month. You can get yourself into a Mini Cooper. Not going to happen. Yeah. Can you get into like a Hyundai Accent? Well, they're dumping a lot. All the manufacturers are well, kind of getting rid of cars that aren't selling. And that means that your average car price could be somewhere between three and $400 a month. That's great if you can afford it, but think about people that can't. So they'll keep their vehicles longer. They certainly can't go to electric vehicles because then you go to your insurance guy and go, hey, how much is this? Well, how much? And then you got to pay a car payment. Then you have to have a charging station or a place you can charge. It just starts adding up very quickly. Yeah. So it doesn't seem to be good news for anybody, <laughs> at least well, in 2024. that's what it is, right? <laughs> what are you going to do about it? I think, I think if you really need a car, like Carl said, then shop around. There's a lot of dealers. I know of some personally that will not charge you over sticker, and that's great. But then there are many that do. So you really kind of have to think about what works for you and, and buy what works. I mean, that's the whole thing. I think that it's very difficult to find what you're looking for today, yeah. and you're going to have to be super patient. Well, hopefully it won't be very difficult to get the three of us together pretty soon at <laughs> some point in person. So we tried, we tried. We're going to Vietnam, but Carl's going to Lamborghini, so we can't. Uh, you know. We can't all make that happen, you know. Well, thank you, Carl, for your advice, and we'll follow all your uh, stories on uh, IC Cars and everywhere else. And same with you, Lauren. Yeah, we're out there sharing stories. Of, follow us all on social media, at Javier Mota, at Carl Brower, and I'm at Lauren Fix. We're all on YouTube. We're all on literally every form of social media, so you can catch us wherever you like to live and ask us your questions or give us some ideas for future podcasts. Yep. Okay. Thank you, Carl. Yeah, good talking to you guys. Everyone take care. Bye. Thank you for listening. For more, check us out online at TotalCarscore.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.